0: I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher are you ready let's dive in well hello hello and welcome back to the resource room podcast today we are going to be talking all about how to stop the stress with general education teachers As with all of these topics, whenever I surveyed some of the teachers in my community, I found that a lot of teachers were really stressed out about dealing with general education teachers. And that was something that to me was a little bit surprising. And maybe it's just the teachers that I work with, the building, I I don't really know. But I thought I could share some things that I feel like I do to help make those relationships with general education teachers really great. Now, we all have that one teacher or we all have that one grade level or whatever it is that just gives you a little bit of a run for your money. No podcast episode is going to help fix that, but I do kind of like with my last couple of episodes, I do wanna share maybe some hard truths that some people need to hear. And the first little thing on my list here is just that our job as special education teachers is to make sure that our students are successful. And so a lot of times what I see or what I hear is the general education teacher won't do this. They won't do that. They can't do this. They can't do that. And so, yeah, we're here to serve students. Yes, we are an advocate for those students, and it's our job to make sure that they're successful in that classroom. And sometimes that means we have to tell a gen ed teacher, hey, this is what they need. This is what we have to do. But what I want to remind you of, and what I often talk with other special education teachers about, is our role is also to help serve those adults. Maybe that's in training, maybe that's in providing them the paperwork, the resources, that kind of thing that they need. But yes, we're there for students, but at the end of the day, we have to also help serve and help and support those adults too. For some general education teachers, they have been there forever, and they don't understand what some of our kids of today might need. Or in the opposite case, we have brand new teachers who are so open-minded, but they don't know what they don't know. And not that we have all the answers, but part of our job is to yes, help advocate for our students, but also help support and advocate for the adults that are working with them too. A while back, I had a teacher who um, was getting a new student and she was very overwhelmed by, you know, we've all been there where you get this long list of acronyms that they have. And she was very intimidated. And I told her, I said, if at any time, I don't care if it's now or three years from now, if we are still working together and there is something that you need, whether it's from me, whether it's from our behavior team, our speech and language pathologist, our principal, If you can't advocate for that or you're afraid to fight for it or you're not sure, I want you to talk to me because if you won't say it, I will. And I believe that is part of my job as a special education teacher because if she is not set up for success, the kid's not going to do their best. Maybe they'll have an okay year, but it's our job to make sure those students have what they need and if that means that first we have to make sure the teacher has what they need then that's what we have to do again maybe that's education maybe that is you know a resource an intervention a tool maybe it's support from the administration maybe it's hey let's all get together and talk about this because we are not all on the same page And if Amanda Wilp has to be the jerk that lays it out on the table and says what needs to be said, then Amanda Wilp will do that. But you as the classroom teacher have to communicate with me. And so to me, that is just letting them know I'm there. I'm open. I've got your back. I'll tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. But I'm also going to fight for you when you express your needs, wants, concerns, worries, whatever it might be. I'm here for you which brings me then to my second point here on my list yes we are serving students we are serving adults we're helping parents we got a lot on our plate and part of in my mind building that respect and that rapport with your general ed teachers is being a good communicator you have got to keep them in the loop Maybe that's, hey, admin said this, and you fill them in. Maybe it's a parent said this, and you let him know. Maybe it's, hey, the kid was saying, you know, whatever. I just want to let you know. Maybe it's nothing, but be a good communicator. For some of us, that's very natural. And for some of us, that is really hard. Um, I know oftentimes I have struggled with this because it's like, it's not I'm not here to air everybody's business if there's something going on at home or or whatever. But it is our job to communicate the things that need to be communicated. Or, on the flip side of that, if you don't, you got to own up to it. Be like, I am terribly sorry. I should have told you this yesterday, but I, I completely forgot. Or I got busy. I was in a meeting. Whatever it might be. But own up to when you don't communicate. But do your best to communicate with those teachers. And I want to kind of give you an example of what oftentimes we as special ed teachers complain about. We might say, well, I didn't even know they were going to take that test today. Or I didn't even know they had a special program. I went to pick up my kids from Mrs. So-and-so's room and they weren't even in there. We say things like that all the time where maybe they don't always communicate with us. It happens, it's easy to do. I've been a gen ed teacher and I've forgotten to communicate with other teachers many times, it happens. However, you have to kind of put yourself in their shoes. What can you do to be a really awesome communicator? What can you do, what habits, what practices can you put in place so that you know you're communicating the things that need communicated? And sometimes, in my mind, that is words of affirmation for that teacher. Sometimes that's the pep talk that those teachers need. Going back to, yes, you're serving students, but you're also there to help and support those adults. So for me, be a team member that is building up those teachers. Depending on your admin, they might hear it from them. They might hear it from the teacher down the hall. Or you might have that teacher who closes the door and teaches so damn well, but they never hear, hey, you did a really good job. Or I just really love when you fill in the blank. So try when possible to compliment those teachers. A lot of times it is very difficult for teachers. We're all control freaks. We know that. It is very difficult for them to invite someone into their classroom or maybe not even invite, maybe they were assigned to that classroom. And it is very challenging for them to accept you or for them to not feel like they're being judged or criticized or talked about in the copy room later. So by telling them all the wonderful things that you love about their classroom, they know you're not there to judge. You are there as somebody who cares about them, who wants their room to be a good, happy, welcoming, successful place where students grow and learn. And so for me, that comes from, yeah, communicating the the important things like, hey, so-and-so's mom said this or Mr. So-and-so said blah, blah, blah. Those things are important, but also build them up. Or sometimes even I might thank them, like, hey, thank you so much for giving so-and-so the extra time to do that assignment. Thank you for being understanding of that. Thanks for letting me, you know, help them with their IXL because that's miserable or, or whatever it might be. Take time to acknowledge what they're doing because that goes a long way in building a good relationship with your general education teachers. Some people are harder to get along with than others. That happens. But you have to really, really consciously try to be a good communicator of all the important details, but also help them feel successful. Help them know what they're doing right. Another thing that I hear special education teachers talking you know, about the Gen Ed teachers sometimes is that they think our job is easy and they don't realize our job is not easy. Our job is not any better or worse or harder or easier, more stressful, less stressful. I have walked in the shoes of both both settings, gen ed and special ed. Neither one is more or less work, more or less stress. You know, neither is harder or easier. There are different obstacles in each of those settings. So first off, I want to say I acknowledge it does always maybe look like the the grass is greener on the other side. However, sometimes I believe, and don't hate me, guys. Please don't hate me when I say this. Sometimes I think that special education teachers have given themselves a bad rep in that our job is so much easier. And here's what I mean. If you have a situation that causes you to not see one of your groups in on a particular day, or you have a situation where maybe you stop everything to call a parent, deal with another teacher, whatever it might be, you have the luxury of not seeing students if and when you deem that appropriate. You have the privilege of those kids aren't going to be unsupervised because they can stay in the Jenna teacher's room while you handle whatever it is And show up five minutes late, 10 minutes late, 20 minutes late. Pull that group in the afternoon, whatever it might be. We have that luxury. General education teachers do not. And sometimes that leads to that persona or that idea that our jobs are easier. We are not with kids every minute from the time they arrive till the time they go home minus maybe our prep we have the luxury of we have some downtime where we're in transition and we don't always have students so i think it is critical that if you want to have a good reputation and you want to have good relationships with your general education teachers you have to be somebody that is reliable because guess what if somebody has an issue with a parent or somebody has an issue with you know another teacher or whatever it might be your gen ed teachers have to handle that during their prep or after school or at recess or or whatever it might be. They're handling that on their own time. If you get to hit the pause button on your groups and handle that so that after school you don't have to deal with all that, that's going to create a little bit of tension. And so sometimes, again, please don't hate me for this comment, you have to be consistent. Be reliable. Be somebody that your teachers can count on. Otherwise, they're going to think you're goofing off when maybe you're actually handling something major. Maybe you're actually in a meeting or you were in a meeting that started at one o'clock, should have been over by two. Here it is 2.30 and you're not where you're supposed to be. I don't ever want my teachers to question where I am or what I'm doing. Am I in my room goofing off? Am I in my room getting a lot done? Or am I in my room seeing students like I'm supposed to? For me, if I'm not there on time, there's a reason. It's important. Maybe we have a student in crisis and I just can't be there at two o'clock. Whatever it is. But make sure, again, going back to communication, that you communicate communicate those things. If you have a meeting at two o'clock and you're not going to be able to pull up, pull that group, you've got to let that teacher know so that they know if Amanda isn't here, it's serious. There's actually something happening. She's not just down in a room twiddling her thumbs or working on her lesson plans for next week or writing that IEP that she should have written, you know, on her own time or on a prep period, or she should have came in early we sometimes create that negative stigma for ourselves. Now, some people are just bitter and they're gonna hate on everybody else who isn't working as hard as them. That's just the reality of it. But I do think that we have to be wise about what we might be portraying to other teachers. And we don't ever wanna portray that our job is so much easier than theirs because it's not. But when they have kids all day, every day, and we have kids for 30 minutes at a time, there is some room there where we have a little flexibility, there is some room there for criticism. So I want to encourage you to be somebody who is reliable. Be somebody who, if you say you're going to do it, you get it done. That also applies to all of the other pieces that aren't just showing up at two o'clock, all the other pieces of our job. For example, let's say you're pushing into a classroom and you are responsible for planning the vocabulary station or planning a phonics station or teaching a lesson or dividing the class in half and kind of dividing and conquering with multiple ways of presenting some of that information. If you show up repeatedly without those vocabulary stations or that phonics lesson or whatever it is that you're responsible for, If you repeatedly show up without that, you are not reliable. You're not someone that they can count on. And if you do it once or twice, you know, we all screw up. But if it's repeated, you are going to lose credibility with those general education teachers, which is the opposite of what we want. We want those general education teachers to be like, you know what? Why have I not used the special education teacher a little more in the past? gosh, they just think differently, they approach things a little better, they're really good at breaking things down, they're really good at providing additional examples, whatever it might be, use your skill set. Show how awesome you are in that classroom so that they can get ideas. They can be like, "Ah, you know, Mrs. Wilp says this and that, that's genius, Or she uses a graphic organizer, or she gives them a sentence stem, or she has them draw a picture. She has them say the answer verbally before they even think about writing it. Those are the kinds of things that sometimes we do naturally, and we don't even realize that our general education teachers aren't thinking about those things. Be reliable. Be somebody who adds to that classroom because they can count on you. And that kind of brings me to my last couple of points here, which is being a team member. So a lot of times I struggle with, you know, I'm not on the first grade team or the third grade team or the fourth grade team. And the special education team is also trying to be part of other things. And it's hard, okay? because you may not always be included. Going back to communication. They're going to forget to tell you things and you can't take it personally. It happens. But you need to be such a valuable member of your grade levels that you're a part of that they won't even think about not including you. And what I mean, that takes years to establish, by the way. If you are early on in your career, that's not going to happen right away. But you have to be a valuable member of that team. Here's a real life example. So every single time we get a new reading curriculum, a lot of times, I I feel like I'm not alone in this, we go through and we are going to accommodate some of those tests. Maybe we are taking out answer choices. um, With my lower, my first grade um, Wonders is what we're using right now. With first grade Wonders, Um, in the later parts, I think the second half of the year, there are like open-ended questions. Well, my kids weren't really ready for that. So maybe I go and put a sentence stem and then the students are going to write in one or two words or or whatever it might be. For my upper elementary kids, I go through and write page numbers. I sometimes underline keywords so that then we can go to page 407 and look, okay, is, you know, this word, that word, this one, what was actually used there? How can I help my brain kind of narrow and focus in on what we're doing? At my school, we also have a very high EL population. So I am making accommodations to those tests. But a lot of our gen ed teachers are also making some accommodations to those tests. The same is true with math, we use ready math. And They are very text heavy, which for our average or above average kids, I think are perfect. Like for my own child, I love that she is taking those complex tests. I feel like it better prepares her for statewide testing or kind of prepares her in a way to not just pass, but maybe pass plus. But for some of my students, it is too text heavy and they can do the math but why do we have to have these long you know, like complex sentences? We can make them shorter and sweeter and they could still get the idea. Or maybe if it's a two or three part question, maybe I could help break it down so that they could see, okay, first I have to do this, then I'm going to do this so that I can get this final answer. If I'm going to do that for my students and it would benefit those English language learners, Why don't I share that with all of the teachers in my grade level? Because right now we have five teachers in every grade level. It would be silly for five teachers in the grade level, plus myself, to all make the same accommodations or maybe different accommodations, but it would be absolutely silly for all of us to touch that. So I kind of make that my mission. I'm going to help them. I'm going to be a valuable team member by accommodating those tests for them and sharing them with them. I do that by, I scan them and share them digitally, but I also have a binder where all of my teachers, I let all of them know where that's at and that they are more than welcome to come steal it at any time. And that's one way that it helps them. Um, This year I'm working exclusively with fourth grade, but in the past, some of our second grade teachers there was one version of the test that was what they called test number one. And that was no accommodations, nothing for our average learners. But then they had a number two. And those were students who maybe were like a level two English language learner, level three, things like that, where there were some accommodations, but not quite as extreme, maybe like the mama bear version of it instead of Goldilocks. And then there was my version, which was number three. And I was able to do the number threes. Another teacher did the number twos. And then another teacher prepared all the number ones. So we were dividing that load. Why on earth should all five second grade teachers plus myself all make our own accommodations? Instead, we're being, I'm being a valuable member of that team. We were also working last year um, on coming up with high priority standards and then some assessments that would align to that. So in third grade last year, I helped them find some of those assessments. That way we had several new teachers or even if they weren't new teachers, they were new to that grade level. Um, We had a lot going on and it's like, hey, I've been in third grade for many, many years here. I'll take this, I'll help do those things that way we can make it quick and easy and something that now year after year we can use. We don't don't have to reinvent the wheel every year. Those are things that, yeah, I could have said, oh, I'm special. ed. Y'all are doing this on your own. Just let me know what you need me to do. But no, I am showing them my value. I was helping them with things that maybe were hard for them to wrap their mind around. Maybe they didn't have the time for some of those things. Um, it. It's just a way for me to kind of show, hey, I'm already doing this for my kids. Let me share it with you. I guess what I'm trying to say is you've gotta make yourself part of that team. And not in like an obnoxious, she needs to butt out way, but you've got to make yourself part of that team. You have to show them that, hey, I don't just sit in my room and twiddle my thumbs. I don't just print things all day. I don't just call parents. I got a brain and I know how to use it. And I am a great teacher. Yes, I might teach students who take a little longer, but I'm good at what I do. And so I think you have to show those teachers that. Again, it takes time. You're not gonna do that in your first couple of years, but you can be striving for that. You can be trying for that. You can be a good communicator. You can be somebody who shows up when you say, And as you add more tools to your toolbox, you can share that with them. But sometimes I really do think that we get on our own heads and we create this persona that maybe adds some truth to it, but we can't fuel that fire. We can't keep adding to that. I have an example from a previous school, and I hope no one that I previously worked with ever listens to this podcast episode Um, I worked in a school who had a terrible reputation for special education. Um, Literally, if I had a child with special needs, I would not ever send them to that school. And with that, a big part of it was the reliability or what the heck were they doing all day? They created it. They fueled that fire. They were constantly giving The Jenna teacher's ammo of, well, she didn't show up today. Well, she can take off every other day and never have to write sub plans. Well, she's always in a meeting. Well, she's preparing for a meeting. Yeah, we all do those things too. Don't fuel the fire. Don't give those teachers ammo. Show up every day, do the best you can, but be reliable. Be somebody that they can count on Because after all, yes, you're there to serve those students. But one of our roles as a special education teacher is to help those gen ed teachers be able to teach our kids and be able to make our students a part of that classroom in a way that feels natural. And so for me, part of that is to be able to be such a help and such a value to them that they can't even imagine doing their job or teaching your students without you and that takes time but by doing kind of all the things that i've shared hopefully that will be something that does not feel like mission impossible for you next week we'll be talking about working with parents um that is often something that stresses us out and so i just want to share kind of what i do As far as making those relationships meaningful, helpful, something that is not a source of stress and frustration for you. And with that, I'll see you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.